The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Time Masters, a PapiChuloRadio.com original series. PapiChulo Radio, celebrating a decade of podcasting excellence. Today is Monday, May 3rd, 2021, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on the CW's DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Please welcome my co-hosts, Millie Wood. Hello, listeners. And Professor X. Hello, listeners. All right, let's jump into our discussion of Season 6, Episode 1, which was titled Ground Control to Sarah Lance and aired May 2nd, 2021. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. After a night of celebrating their beating the fates, the legends quickly discover that Sarah is missing. Trying to keep it together, the legends are shocked to discover that she was taken by aliens. Ava sends Rory and Bayrod to follow a lead on who can possibly help them find Sarah, while Constantine tries to work his magic. Meanwhile, Sarah does all she can to try to escape, which includes releasing aliens into the timeline, but is shocked to learn who one of her kidnappers turns out to be. Let's check in on the ratings for Season 6, Episode 1. The Season 6 premiere of Legends of Tomorrow opened with 460k total viewers with a point one in the demo. It was series lows. Dun-dun-dun. But it was renewed for Season 7, so yay. All right, everyone. I'm not your usual captain. It seems our own Wave Rider captain, Michael Pena, was abducted by aliens as well. We hope to get him back at some point this season, much like the dear captain on the actual television series. So let's talk about the show, and let's actually focus first on Captain Sarah Lance. So uh, her storyline opens up with her, you know, escaping the cryo tube where, where um, she was being held in captivity on this spaceship. She sees that the spaceship is hovering over Earth and, uh, you know, goes full light speed ahead, very far away from Earth. She learns that uh, another skilled individual by the name of Spartacus is in another one of the... Uh, cryotubes. Uh, he unleashes another cryotube person that was a, an, an alien. They have to fight the alien, and then they realize that they are being held captive by... Well, they're aliens, but they're a very unique species of alien. Um, Spartacus gets eaten by one of them. Sarah ends up confronting the other one, and then we get the big reveal. And I really wanted to talk about the big reveal. So, Gary Green is not only the man we need, he's an alien. He was an alien sent to Earth to collect Sarah Lance. But he fell in love with her. Not in a romantical way, but he fell in love with humans. And he just couldn't do it until, I guess, now. So let's talk about this. Uh, Gary, can he uses his glasses to uh, put on his human form. Um, it, it's, it's a whole thing. Uh, I'll be honest. If this was not Legends, I would have been like racking my brain because I'm 
like 99.9% certain we've seen Gary without his glasses before, and he still looked like a human. But I'm just going to go with it that Gary Green is an alien because it's Legends, and it's the only show on the CW that can truly reinvent itself every freaking season, and they do it so beautifully. Let's talk about this. Gary Green is an alien. Sarah Lance is on a spaceship. She uh, tried to get Spartacus's help, but he was just lunch. Uh, let's talk about it. Professor? Uh, well, great to see Sarah in action. Um, uh, I, I was thinking to myself while watching it, you know, we're, we're getting these, these great Katie Lotts fight scenes, as we always do. But, you know, uh, for all these fight scenes, she was fighting, you know, essentially a green screen. You know, she wasn't up against a real person, uh, which must be an interesting challenge uh, for, you know, an action based actor uh, like Katie Lotz uh, to sort of be, you know, because, you know, she fought, you know, two different aliens uh, over the course of the episode. It was, you know, uh, you know, it must have been an interesting challenge. I thought it looked good. Uh, as for the Gary reveal, I'm with you. I mean, it's, it's an obvious retcon. This is not something they've been planning since Gary was introduced in in season three. Um, it does kind of, you know, as with any good retcon, it kind of explains why Gary was so clueless at so many things, because if he was an alien posing as a human, it kind of excuses a lot of his screw ups. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, but I, I agree with you, even though it's the sort of thing that if anything like this happened on any other CW verse show, we go wait just a bleeping moment. But it's legends. You just got to shrug and go along with it. It's uh, it, it. Yeah. OK, that's fine. Uh, this is that the show where stuff like that can happen. So I, I liked it. I, I thought it was a good reveal. It's a, it's a nice way to to keep Gary in the mix and also to have Gary there with Sarah as someone Sarah can talk to. Because if Gary wasn't there, you know, if you just had Sarah on her own, there'd be no one a, to explain things to her and no one for her to interact with, to be sort of that audience surrogate for us, which would have made it very, you know, and, and I can see them doing that on other shows, but on Legends, you have to have that sort of, you know, wackiness to play off of. And I, so I think it was it was a smart call, even though I, I may question the, uh, the logic underlying it. Very true. Yes, I read an interview with the showrunner on EW.com. And he basically confirmed that when Gary was introduced way back in season three, they had not planned on him being an alien. When they were breaking down season six, uh, that's when they decided to make him an alien. And uh, the reason was, uh, for the reason that you stated, Professor, that uh, they wanted someone to be there with Sarah so that Sarah can be, you know, this you know, this badass, kick-ass hero, and uh, she has, you know, at least someone that she can chat with, someone uh, that uh, isn't going to necessarily overpower um, her, because they want Sarah to be in her element as, you know, just a badass hero, and and that's why they picked Gary, sort of like, you know, the, the character least likely to, to uh, be paired up with Sarah Lance, and, uh, and that's what we're getting. I also read that this isn't going to be an arc for Sarah that's just, you know, a couple of episodes. So this, it's going to be like this, at least for the foreseeable future, which um, should be kind of interesting to see, I think. Uh, I'm, I'm like, thinking back to all of Legends. Like, we've never had Sarah this uh, far away from her team for... I would, I would say not even maybe two episodes. Uh, yeah, so this will be an interesting storyline for, for the team coping without Sarah and, and Sarah coping without uh, her team, her family. Millie, your take on the Gary reveal. What would you think of Sarah and all of her badassery? I really question, like, the Time Bureau screening process for all their employees, because you got, like, Clone Ava, and then you got Alien Gary. Uh, uh, they, they got some interesting people going up there. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, but I, as you guys both said, it, it, it's so ridiculous, but it makes sense. Also, it makes sense that it's Gary. Is, he's just kind of, it's, it's so weird but i guess a good that goes to the character that he has just kind of filled all these holes you know he's the one that gets his nipple eaten off by like a unicorn or whatever and now he's the one that's an alien like he's just like an odd punching bag but we love it and it's not like a negative punching bag um and it works and i like the dynamic between him and sarah will be fun to explore um in terms of you know badass sarah i'm all here for it especially when she was like 
suiting up in her like all black outfit to go kick like alien butt. Um, I really enjoyed that. And it's nice to see those action scenes um, like right out of the gate. Yeah. The nipple storyline kind of leaves me questioning stuff because the nipple ended up remember attaching itself back and it was like a demon nipple. And so that whole thing like leaves a big question. And if we're not mistaken, like I know it wasn't explicitly said, but it was definitely intimated because uh, Constantine um, is sexually fluid. It, it was intimated that Gary and Constantine had a little thingy thing. And so if Constantine didn't realize anything, I, I mean, you know. So we kind of have to f- forget a couple things from the past. But it works for this season, and so I'm here for it. I'm along for the ride. I mean, they even uh, uh, UFO'd up the damn uh, opening credits and include little type of noises, which uh, I approved of. I I liked it. Okay. So let's see. Let's, let's go back to earth and let's uh, connect with the legends, you know, after their, their night of partying with, uh, with Charlie and her rock group uh, we see everyone sort of sprinkled around London um, in various states of, um, well, just various states. Uh, uh, what was it? Ava was on, was puking uh, at the the, royal, the the throne. And uh, we had uh, Zari 2.0 and John waking up after a tryst together. Bayrod with uh, one of the uh, palace guards, and uh, Astra was playing poker, uh, and uh, where was where was Nate again? Nate was, um, well, they ended up finding him, but now I don't remember where the hell he was. Nate was chatting with Bowie. Oh, Nate was chatting with Bowie, yes, 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 about the long-lost love that he had, yes. Uh, Millie, your take on the Legends... You know, being reintroduced to them the night after, uh, well, th- they would learn that Sarah was uh, was abducted. Uh, talk to me about uh, the legends in their various uh, London uh, state of mind. I loved it. It was such a fitting like intro and a great way to kind of uh, remind us, kind of everybody, who everyone is, and a little bit about their character. I love how, like, Asher was the one playing poker and trying to, to scam people and then just, you know, nonchalantly didn't care if someone was pointing a gun at her. Uh, I thought it was very fitting, and uh, it was a fun, legendy way to to get the whole team back together after they've been scattered um, all throughout London, because that makes sense. But then I love the ending was just, like, Bowie's there, and he was, like, the smallest part of the episode, just nonchalantly. There's Bowie. Bowie was the smallest part of the episode, but he was literally the most important part of the episode because he had all of the information that the legends needed. David Bowie singing about the space girl, Sarah Lance, and having video footage of not only Sarah being abducted, but the biggest moment for our Avalanche ship, the fact that Sarah was going to freaking propose to Ava, and she even has the damn ring. Professor, our two lovebirds, you know, are, are going to get hitched. What'd you think of that? Was that a surprise for you? What'd you think of Bowie? And what did you think of the fact that Bowie, a teeny tiny little part of the episode, but as I said, incredibly important for the season's plot. Yeah, it's um, it, it, it's it was an interesting choice. But if you're going to choose someone who, you know, would have that sort of outsized impact, you know, from 1977 in London, you're going to go with Bowie every time. It, it it's uh, you know he's it would make sense. It would not be surprising, you know, as with Gary to find out that Bowie was actually an alien all along. 
Um, so I, I kind of like that. The fact that, you know, uh, you know, he just, oh yeah, <laughs> you know, there's, you know, they're sort of having this, you know, David Bowie, you couldn't possibly understand. Oh yeah, no, I talked with her and yeah, I saw her abducted by the aliens and then start singing a song about it. Um, it's, uh, it, it was delightful. And, and I really liked the, uh, the reveal on the, uh, on the film of, of Sarah, obviously so enthusiastic about meeting Bowie, uh, you know, in a way that let's face the rest of the team was not. Uh, but, uh, but her, you know, uh, saying, yeah, I, I'm going to, you know, uh, propose and then getting Ava's reaction to that. Um, uh, it, it's really touching. And it, you know, it's sort of, it, it, not that it, you needed to, to ratchet up, you know, the, the pressure on both sides, but to, to remind us as the audience at the beginning of the season of who these characters are, their relationship to each other and, and why, it matters so much uh, that Ava bring uh, Sarah back. So I thought it was, it was a really good, uh, you know, uh, reveal and setup. Um, and, you know, while, you know, while I obviously want uh, Ava Lance to be uh, back together as soon as possible, uh, I think, you know, it, it's nice to see Ava stepping up and really taking control because, you know, one of the themes of last season was, you know, Ava not feeling comfortable as, uh, uh, as filling in uh, for Sarah as captain. And what we're seeing in this season is, you know, there's no chance for her to, to question herself. Sarah's missing. She's got to step up and do it. And, and by God, she does. She does in a big way. Uh, Professor, uh, just a quick follow-up question uh, for you about Ava. Ava and the binder. And the binder with all the check uh, boxes with everything that was exactly happening with the damn legends. Like, Ava knows them to a T. Oh, and also, I was going to say this for my uh, Easter egg at the end, but just in case I forget. On the front of the uh, binder... Uh, it, it's like what scenario 601. And of course this is episode 601. That was a fantastic catch professor. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. Millie, I want to get your take on another ship. So, uh, well, we're dealing with spaceships and time ships, lots of ships. Uh, so the professor talked about the Ava Lance. Let's talk about, and I don't really know what the internet calls them. Uh, I know some people on the internet do not approve of them, but it is Zari and Constantine. So, as I mentioned, they wake up together in bed. Clearly, they had a um, a dalliance, we'll call that, between the sheets and that sort of thing. Um, they sort of talk about, you know, they're not really together. It's kind of like a fling, and sometimes it's nice to fling together and that kind of thing. But clearly, throughout the episode, uh, we see that there are feels. And, you know, people catch feels, and the feels grow, and the feels grow into a ship. And I don't know if they're a full-on ship by the end of the episode, at least, you know, them consciously choosing themselves as a ship. But, um, you know, clearly something's there. I mean, even Astra notices and uh, tells Constantine, like, hey, she's got you on a juice cleanse. And uh, she saves his life. With the totem, that sort of thing. Uh, what do we think, Millie, of uh, Zari and John Constantine? A, a, I should say a, a uh, newly sold Constantine? Because he's got his soul back. So this is Constantine with the soul. I'm not opposed to this ship. I, I don't know if I would say like I'm fully on the board of it yet, but I don't hate it, and I like the... Dynamic, I think that really just goes down to I love this Zari and the way that uh, Tala Ash plays her is, you know, she brings it over from the previous season. Um, I think she's upped it even more. So it's great. And to like bounce that off of like Constantine's crazy, serious demeanor. Um, it's an unlikely pairing. I think kind of got little tidbits of that last season, but I, I like it. Um, and I also really enjoy Ava's reaction to them when she went into the, into the hotel room. I thought that was a great, I feel like that's kind of everybody's reaction, but then you think about it, you're like, okay, I, I could get behind that. Um, I guess my only thing would be how does that also feels kind of weird though, with like Nate and I was like old Zari, but uh, I guess that's the problem for later down the road. But in terms of the ship, um, I'm like 50% there. Okay. Professor, what about you? This ship in particular, what do you think of them? Well, when they first, uh, you know, uh, 
brought the two together last season. I was against it, but after rewatching last season, uh, you know, I, I kind of like them together just because they are so different. Uh, you know, I was reading a recap in which someone said that Zari 2.0 is basically, uh, you know, Alexis Rose from Schitt's Creek. Um, and uh, there, there's a lot to be said for that. You know, uh, her sort of, you know, uh, you know, what seems like a, a very shallow, superficial uh, character, but actually has hidden depths. You know, I, I think she plays very well off of uh, Constantine. Uh, and so, you know, I, I like the two of them together. Uh, I gave them some very funny lines uh, together. And uh, yeah, so I, I, I don't mind them together. Uh, you know, it's it's a bit, you know, uh, you know, obviously uh, crushing for uh, for Nate, uh, you know, uh, realizing that, you know, his Ari is gone. But I think they sort of dealt with that in the first episode with him explaining to Bowie, you know, this girl I love, she's gone. I'll never see Zari again. Oh, hi, Zari. Uh, you know, sort of establishing the idea that he clearly does not have the feelings for Zari 2.0 that he had for Zari 1.0. And so I think that sort of, you know, uh, you know, cleans that uh, that possible you know, a, a possible um, question of that, um, that that could have been a hangover from last season if anyone was still uh, bothered by that. So I think they, they dealt with it pretty well uh, in the episode. And uh, yeah, I, I like the two of them together. I think they've got great chemistry. And, and honestly, anything that gives us, you know, uh, more of those two together and, uh, you know, more of those characters and gives them more to do, I think is is fine by me. I co-sign all of that as well. Yeah, and, and I agree with you, Professor. I think this was the episode where they sort of officially wrote off any sort of idea that Nate might have feelings for this iteration of Zari. Uh, I'm glad that they wrote it in that way, just because um, I think you know people online can get their hopes up and that sort of thing. And, and uh, I think officially Nate has no feels for this Zari which is a good thing, uh, because she is a completely different character, although she's uh, basically the same person. Um, okay, so uh, let's see. Let's, um, let's talk about the brand new character that was introduced in this episode, our new series regular. We're introduced to Esperanza Cruz, a.k.a. Spooner, and we're introduced to her via a uh, grocery store tabloid, a story that uh, Bayrod had found about a young girl that was abducted by UFOs, and uh, she believes she has been implanted by something where she can communicate with them. Bayrod and Rory are sent to uh, ask for her help. She's a bit of a recluse. Uh, and it, she lives in sort of like a, a fortified type of a compound, and uh, she gets the upper hand on them when they break in. She has surveillance all over the place. She wears tinfoil hats and that kind of thing, um, and and she suspects that they are aliens that are trying to get her. I mean, it's a whole thing. Uh, Ava has to come on down and tries to convince her, but she's like, that's just what an alien would say. And she gets uh, uh, not tranked anyway, much like uh, she had tranked Bayrod and uh, Rory, and she's taken on the ship. Um, an interesting bit of information that we got, because uh, Gideon does do a scan of her brain, and uh, there was nothing there. But she it, she does hear aliens when they are around the ship, so clearly something happened to her. We did have a little moment that I don't know if it's anything. It could just have been like legends being legends, or maybe it's going to mean something in the future. But Gideon wanted to do like full on brain surgery on Spooner. And she sounded really excited about chopping her brain open. I don't know what that was supposed to be. Hopefully it was just comedy. But uh, I, I figured I should mention it because it, it was a moment. Let's talk about Spooner. What did we think of her? Clearly, um, she's going to stick around. What did we think of her as a character? Um, there was a little moment with Bayrod. I don't know if anything's going to happen there, but I thought it was nice that uh, he was very complimentary of her. I was like, hmm, what does that mean? There was that. Um, Millie, talk to me about Spooner. What'd you think of Spooner? 
my first note was <laughs> poor person needs therapy but um, she really does doesn't she she really does she i feel for her when she like because the whole story that ava gave her and she's like well i think i think you're still crazy and i'm like oh i would definitely buy ava's story even though if i was like a crazy alien person um but at the end of the day though i really like her i think um she has a lot of potential to bring to the team and i like how um she can help kind of ground the legends because we've had like ava and we've had like newcomers i feel like every season we get somebody new um and this is the person um to kind of say y'all kind of crazy oh but they turn her crazy too in a good way in a legendary way so i think that'll be exciting to see that journey and i'm also here for like the low-key representation that she brings to the team of it's yes. already diverse um and, it, and it's done in such a natural and not forced way and legends is so good at doing that so i'm like hooray is so that makes me more excited for her and i just like her attitude um as well i think that the actress did a great job with her uh portrayal and so i'm just overall super excited about this character so i highly approve yes i agree she's kooky but in a good way um yeah she's kooky in a good way as opposed to poor mona who was kooky in a whole lot of, whole lot of, mm-hmm. yeah. Professor, your take on Spooner, but I want to get uh, your answer to, to my question, because Millie didn't touch this. Um, what was up with Gideon wanting to do brain surgery on Spooner? And uh, the scans came out clean, so what do you think that means? Um... <sighs> My suspicion is that, you know, she could be, you know, uh, you know, like legends. She's someone who has powers. Her power is her ability to detect and, and listen to aliens, which when you think about it, if they're going to be dealing with aliens, you've got to have someone who can speak alien. Um, so that would make sense. Um, you know, and she just was, you know, uh, you know, I had assumed that it was an alien implant when it actually wasn't. Um, I do like uh, the actress. I think her characterization was a bit all over the place in this episode. She starts out, you know, totally paranoid shooting people, you know, on first sight, she was going to shoot Ava. And then she suddenly just turns it around and says, Oh yeah, I'll drink the alien uh, cocoon smoothie and, and help you out with this. And, and all of that, you know, it, it felt a little bit like they were just sort of using her, you know, as I said in a previous podcast uh, for story purposes, rather than character purposes. So her character, I think was a little diffuse in this episode. Um, but I am looking forward to it. Uh, as Millie said, I think it's, it's good that they bring in, uh, you know, different characters to interact with the legends because, you know, then you get the, the comedy of playing, uh, you know, a new character of writing for a new character, but also they can, the outsider who's reacting to just how crazy uh, all this insanity that the legends go through is because the legends are just sort of taking it in stride you know uh, as we saw you know with Ava and her list of you know this, this stuff that would happen you know once she set the team off you know the, the craziness has just become second nature to them you sort of need that viewpoint character to to glance askance at them uh, and go what the hell is going on around me and and I think she's she's good uh, I don't know if I agree with you about the Bayrod thing um, I, I worry that that's a little bit you know too much the CW, anytime you have an age appropriate person of, you know, uh, that, you know, that, that, you know, we had that assumption, you know, as we've talked about on other CW birth shows, um, it could absolutely happen. Sure. It could happen. Um, uh, I, I don't think it's necessary, uh, but, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they did, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I just, I don't think it's necessary. You know, they, they, they're, they're constantly doing this, uh, you know, on all, all the CW shows, but on legends, at least they do play it for laughs mainly on legends but yeah I, I just i feel it's not necessary i think they could have you know really good dynamics on the team without having to go down the the relationship road okay and what about the gideon line was that something did i am i just making too much of a big deal over it was it just the comedy of it i i suspect it was just gideon being funny uh you know um but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's possible. If, if it isn't that, then there, there was nothing in the episode other than that that would suggest that, you know, Gideon has turned evil or Gideon has been controlled by anyone or anything like that. Um, I wonder what, yeah, again, because, you know, when we were hearing that, we were sort of hearing it almost, we were hearing it through um, uh, Spooner's ears, you know, and she was also hearing the other alien stuff that was going on. So I do wonder whether there's, there's something else happening there that whether she wasn't hearing you know uh gideon actually speaking out loud whether she was hearing you know gideon's thoughts or or something to do with that i I don't know but yeah i think there is more to it going on than that because she was able to you know clearly hear the other aliens uh you know out in the time stream as well yeah 
It was interesting because um, Amy Pemberton, who plays Gideon, who does the voice work for Gideon, she like almost there was like a little bit of glee in it when she was like, "Ooh, can I, you know, can I please, you know, you know, operate on her brain basically?" And I was like, "That's a little different for Gideon." I was like, "Hmm, we'll have to wait and see if this is something. Uh, maybe they're just giving Gideon a little bit of a more of an edge." Uh, this season, but it was it was interesting, uh, certainly different than what we usually get with Gideon. I mean, she'll throw in some snark and that kind of thing, but she usually does it in her normal Gideon voice. You never hear really excitement in her voice, so um, we'll we'll see what happens with this. So to rewind a little bit before we get into why the aliens are in the time stream and that sort of thing, uh, they do end up getting Spooner's help. As the professor stated, uh, Constantine, what he added to the episode was, you know, there was this uh, individual that was in hell that said that, that, you know, they could use magic to uh, converse with aliens and that sort of thing and um, he had written all these spells to do so uh, Constantine has the book he also was the one that I guess you know um, ended up trapping this individual on earth so he pulled him out of hell trapped him on earth I feel like that's important because we might potentially end up meeting this person um, because uh, this book seems to be very important, uh, at least thus far, this season. Uh, so Constantine has the book. Uh, it's missing. He goes up to Gary's room. That's when they find the cocoon, and that's when the uh, legends end up realizing that Gary Green is not only all the man that we need, but he's all the alien that we need. Uh, Gary ended up having the book, and he ends up using the book and using uh, the cocoon to create a smoothie so that uh, Spooner can drink it. He has he he does the spell thing. He's going to um, astral project himself to where Sarah is, uh, but he is. Uh, it seems as if he's being drained uh, of like I don't know his uh, his soul or whatever. His, his body essence by the spell. And so Ava ends up jumping in and um, she is able to, to chat with Sarah, who's been trapped again in uh, one of those tubes and, and tells her, yes, you know, I, I will marry you when you, when we save you, or when you come back. And that's pretty much all that she's able to tell her. So, uh, my question here is, is that, uh, I, I think we all sort of wondered at the end of last season, how are they going to use Constantine? Because Constantine is a man of magic, and uh, they kind of had wrapped up the storyline with Hell and uh, and that sort of thing, and, and Constantine got his soul back. So there was closure in regards to Constantine's main arc on Legends. So how is he going to contribute to the legends and they added this i would say brilliant way of you know having alien magic that john can manipulate i feel like because it was alien magic that's why he had that weird effect to it i think that's what we're going to end up learning in the episodes to come potentially maybe uh so uh, millie What's your take on Constantine, how they used him, him conjuring up alien magic, and uh, that very sweet moment that Ava and Sarah had together as she did the astral projection? I feel like you're never too old to learn, I guess, a new bit of magic. <laughs> Maybe that's what, what it is for Constantine, this alien magic trick. Thing. It'll be interesting, as you mentioned, to see what they do to keep him, like, magic-y, as that's his kind of contribution. Or maybe that we go away from that and see what he can do as a human or somebody with a soul um, there. But I like how they use him here, especially, like, with the problems um, and the fact that Ava's able to step in. I thought that was such a cute moment because um, you kind of see her grappling with that whole, or I guess not, you know, trying to compartmentalize as Ava does. Um, but it was really cute they were able to get that because it sounds like they're not, obviously going to be in the same space for a while, so that might be their only interaction for the next couple of episodes, so it's nice it ends on that note and gives them both something to, like, fight towards. Yes, yes, very true. Professor, 
I want to get your take on Ava throughout the episode. So we've kind of touched on her little bits here and there, but uh, we saw Ava trying to do business as usual at the start of the episode, you know, focused on rescuing Sarah, but in a very, you know, sort of um, just sterile type of way, you know, where she is in charge and she is dictating to the legends what they need to do and, um, you know, having uh, Nate be kind of like her right-hand man to, you know, do sort of like the official heroing and that sort of thing. But we do see her break down at a certain point, especially when she talks to Spooner. And then we see that tender moment with her and, uh, and Sarah later on. And then after that, realizing that Sarah is alive and well, even though she saw her in that precarious situation. What did you think of Ava throughout the entire episode, Professor? Oh, she was great. I mean, uh, Jess McCallan is, is, is always great. You know, she's, you know, quietly become one of the superstars uh, of the show. Uh, you know, someone that, you know, a, a classic example of, I think, you know, when they cast her way back in you know, season two or season three, um, I don't think they realized, you know, uh, what a gem they had. And as they discovered, you know, her, her comic ability and, and her serious ability as well, um, you know, they've written more for her and, and given her more to do, um, you know, with, with Sarah being, you know, you know, off the books for at least the foreseeable future, uh, you know, it allows her to step into that role of, you know, basically Sarah's role, if even if she, you know, isn't quite the uh, the ass kicker that uh, that Sarah is, but of being the sort of, you know, normal, you know, captain uh, of the ship. Uh, I think she did a great job. Uh, you know, it, it all felt very real, uh, you know, um, you know, her sort of, you know, losing herself in in work and, you know, you know, trying to compartmentalize everything to to make sure that she wasn't dealing with her emotions. But then, you know, they come out a little later. But also, you know, it, that scene she had with Sarah, even though you know it was virtual, it was just her face. But then when she saw those, you know, alien pods and everything, uh, you know, messing up the time stream, just that smile on her face when she realized, yep, Sarah's. Uh, alive and out there because no one else could mess things up in quite the same way. Um, it, it's, it's really, it's, it's delightful. You know, much as I love, you know, Sarah, you know, uh, and, and Ava together, um, you know, it's nice that, you know, Ava is getting a chance to, to spread her wings, uh, you know, and, and basically command the team on her own. And I think she did a good job of that in this episode. So how did Sarah mess up the time stream this time? So let's rewind. So there was this, big plan that Sarah created and, and that she needed Gary's help in doing. So they were going to capture the alien in charge, Kayla, and they were going to, it looked like they were going to initially put her in one of those cryopods. Um, and Gary Green was going to create a wormhole that was going to send the ship to uh, their timeline, and uh, that's how they were going to be reunited with the legends. It was going to like completely drain the the fuel of the ship and that sort of thing. But it it should give them enough of a chance to make it through the wormhole so that they can go back home. Uh, Kayla gets the upper hand, and that's when uh, Sarah gets uh, trapped in one of those pods. She ends up using. Uh, the engagement ring and the diamond and uh, she breaks through the pod and uh, has this epic fight scene with this alien in charge uh, and um, she ends up opening one of the hatches to sort of throw the alien out but uh, the alien um, is putting up a fight, and, and so she releases the other hatches to like knock the alien out of the ship. Unfortunately, because of everything that's happened, you know the wormhole ha- did occur, uh, but all of the pods went through the the wormhole, and the ship was not able to. And it looks like it's about to crash land on a strange planet. So the aliens that were in the pods, they went through the time stream, and one will assume that they're just going to land through different parts of history and wreak havoc, and then our legends are going to go and uh, fix the timeline and that sort of thing. As they figure out how to save 
Sarah, Millie, let's talk about this. So every season of Legends of Tomorrow, they have this new thing that sort of invades the timeline, and they have to travel through history to save the day. So now it's these aliens that were displaced into the timeline. What'd you think of how that became a reality on the series? And uh, are you at all worried for Captain Lance and uh, Gary Green? Oh, yeah, definitely. When you put Gary as your sidekick, I feel like you have to be concerned things aren't going <laughs> to go to plan ever. So it'll be a, a bumpy road for Captain Lance. I do wonder if she's going to yeah, try to exile Gary a couple of times on their journey back to the team. Um, all in good fun, though. Um, I think it's the most, as Ava said, like the most legends, the most Sarah way to reintroduce and screw up the timeline is just dump them all into the um, time stream. Um, so it felt very on brand and it makes i was curious like what's the big thing gonna be this this season because we're six seasons in right so it's it's interesting they're able to find with that especially because it does walk the line with another show that talks a lot about aliens i do appreciate that they had that little shout like maybe we should call the deo um but it will be interesting to see how the legends are going to try to uh legends up aliens and um see their take i feel like there's a lot of potential because aliens can get weird and gross and also really large and I think it presents a lot of interesting challenges very true yes uh, yes professor your take on Kayla apparently being Gary's fiance um, a certain line about avenging as well yeah being an avenger is stupid <laughs> What a great line. Um, uh, it's uh, yeah, no, I, it was I, I like that, you know, and again, it's, it's, it's a very Gary thing, right? You know, he's being browbeaten. He's being henpecked, essentially, uh, you know, by this other alien. Then you find out that alien was his fiance. Uh, and did she slash it survive the uh, trip into space? Who knows? Um, so that was a, a nice reveal. The uh, the Avengers line was great. Uh, be a preventer. Uh, that was good. And and just to you know reflect on what Millie was saying, I, I do like the fact that you know once again you know the Legends writers and, and showrunners have have found a way to have not only the episodic nature of you know last season it was the the encores the season before that it was you know the time fractures that they created um you know this season is going to be an alien of the week meanwhile dealing with the the larger issue of finding sarah and getting back to sarah while you know sarah is off having her adventures you know on whatever planet she's uh, she's going to be crashing on um so i think you know they, they come with a a great way to do that and i think it'll be a lot of fun because a it still allows them to visit various points in time uh it allows them to play dress up and and have all the fun that they have when they're doing that. Uh, but we'll get, you know, what I'm sure will be, you know, incredibly cheesy, hilarious aliens as well. Uh, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Absolutely. Can we talk about just the fantastic CW verse continuity that was, you know, checked in this episode with the DEO being uh, they, them discovering that the DEO was uh, um, completely destroyed by Ramakan. Just a teeny tiny little thing, but I, I love that. You know, I think I loved it even more than I should have just because it feels like a lot of the other shows aren't name-checking the other shows this season. It's probably due to COVID and the fact that they can't do any sort of crossovers and that sort of thing. Uh, but uh, the fact that it was name-checked, the fact that we had a little bit of uh, continuity uh, with the storyline, that Sarah you know, had a little tryst with uh, Alex Danvers from Supergirl, uh, the fact that they name-checked all of that was fantastic. I, I really enjoyed that. I like the Alex Danvers name check. I wasn't as crazy about the DEO one because you're in a time ship. So why would they be at the moment when, you know, couldn't they just gone back in time a week to before Ramakan uh, destroyed the DEO and asked for their help then? Um, so while I do like that, um, you know, I, I do feel that, you know, you have to remember this is a time ship. They, they're not, you know, at any particular point in time when they're doing this. So that struck me as a little weird, but I did love the, uh, the Alex shout out. 
I was really hoping we'd at least get Alex, you know, on a view screen or something like that. But alas, was not to be. The timey-wiminess we do have to sometimes forget because, it, like, it's it comes to to a head in those episodes where it's like, you know, we have to be back by this time, and uh, you know, they're on a time ship, so it's like the the urgency of them having to be back by a certain time kind of should disappear. But I, I get why they do that. They they still want to keep these characters in a sort of uh, state of being in the present where the present means something. Um, but, but I get what you're saying, professor. Uh, there was that line in the episode where, um, Oh, you know, we can't go and chat with this kid, but, uh, uh, Ava specifically said, no, we're going to, to the present, you know, where, you know, she's an adult already and that sort of thing. So the timey wiminess can be a little odd. Uh, was there anything that I missed? A teeny tiny little moment, shout out to anything, uh, a, a little quip that either of you would like to bring up before we head into the MVP? I enjoyed Ava's response to the question about Alex, and she was like, say I didn't like to be alone, which is <laughs> very like, nonchalant. Uh, that was a great way to go. You brush that comment off in a polite way of, of putting Sarah's situation. Ain't that the truth? Uh, we also well, there's one little thing that I didn't mention. Um, Astra uh, basically said that she isn't interested in being a legend. She wants to have uh, a real life. She wants to she wants to feel what it's like to be normal. I don't know if she's gonna necessarily get that, but um, I, I did like that she had that line though. Um, it, it's I, I think. Having a reluctant hero is going to be interesting to see with Astra, and uh, I'm I'm kind of here for that storyline. Yeah, if that's what they're going to do with her this season. All right, it's time for the MVP, the most valuable player. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again, so choose wisely. Millie Wood, you are first. Who's your MVP and why? This is hard one. There's a lot of solid performances. Everyone brought their A-game for the first episode. Um, but I think I'll have to go to uh, Zari. So I picked her a lot last season, but she definitely came out swinging. I love the just her attitude and everything that kind of her way that they were playing up with, with Constantine and everything like that. Um, it was just kind of a delight and just reminded me how much I enjoyed this version of her. A very good choice. Professor, your MVP. Uh, Ava. Uh, yeah, I think she, uh, you know, she really stepped up, uh, you know, in, in a way that she wouldn't have in previous seasons. Um, she got to, uh, you know, be the sort of, you know, uh, tough captain leading things. Uh, she got to have the the emotional beats. Uh, and, you know, she was just, uh, she was delightful throughout and, and just managed to be really funny. Let's not forget, you know, the the throwing up scenes at the beginning. You know, again, Jess McAllen is is one of those people who, who can be really, really funny uh, when she wants to be, even when she's not, you know, the, uh, the focus of attention she can be funny in the background which is one of the things that i love about legends is that they often allow the characters to be doing funny stuff even when they're not the center of attention another fantastic choice and i'm going to give my mvp to captain my captain sarah lance i thought katie lots was fantastic in the episode uh the physicality in the episode was really good um, her playing off of Spartacus was good. Then her having to play off of Gary was fantastic. I just loved the exasperated look that she always gave Gary just about everything. It was brilliant. And um, I also loved the the tender moments. I mean, clearly um, the uh, the moment of the proposal on the video was sort of played a little bit more for excitement and, and for like the shock. Uh, but then later on, you know, as she's starting to freeze, um, getting to see Ava and then having that be her inspiration to break free, I thought it was a really great moment for Sarah, period, in this episode. Uh, now it's time to rate the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 wave riders? The point system is loud, and if you found the episode exceptional, deserving more than a 10, you may grant it the coveted golden wave rider. Professor? 
I'll give it eight. It was a solid start to the season. Um, it didn't blow me away, though. Uh, and, and part of that might be because, you know, I've been binging, you know, season four or season five, I should say. Uh, so I may have been you know, dealing with a little bit of Legends overload. Perhaps I was coming to it, you know, uh, you know, uh, fresh. Uh, I would have been a little more blown away, but very enjoyable. But yeah, uh, I'll give it an eight. All right. A solid eight from the professor. Not a bad rating, I will say. Uh, Millie. Yes, Millie, Millie, Millie. How would you rate this? I think I'm going to agree with the professor and give it an 8. I think it was a very enjoyable episode. Um, but at the same time, when I like kind of took a step back, I was like, I don't know if this was like a premiere level episode because I felt like there wasn't – it didn't do really a lot until the last like minute to, to really set up what we're going to be expecting for this season. So I don't know if that was just kind of by nature. I have too many high expectations for Legends. Um, but it just felt a little – slow in that sense but because it's so much legends and there's a lot of fun and goofiness and there's a large cast it, it kind of distracted you from that um and still made it a fun enjoyable time all right another eight and it's going to be eights all around i'm going to give it an eight as well a, a solid hour of legends uh so much fun the setup for what's to be a really interesting season i thought was good and it is very rewatchable. Like you can rewatch it, and you can catch something new upon a rewatch. Um, Legends is good in that way. Uh, so on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Time Masters. Here's our announcer, Gideon, to remind you on how you can interact with us. Thank you, Captain. Follow Papichilo Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Papichilo Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at perpetualoradio.com. Are you interested in joining the Perpetualo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at perpetualoradio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Perpetualo Radio programs by visiting perpetualoradio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for Time Masters and subscribe. Back to you, my captain. Thanks, Gidget. My co-host, please wish the listeners a good night, starting off with Millie Wood. Good night, listeners. If you want to follow with me, I'm on Twitter as at the Asian Nerd. And the Professor. Good night, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Time Masters every Tuesday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chula Radio Archives. Good night.